Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Noman Hosni. Before we get to Noman, here's a few announcements. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there. You can see articles that I've written, see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see photos of the guests. You can see the links to their social media. And you can see links to our social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Follow us at all those places, and also there are links on our site to Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. So if you listen to us on any of those platforms, I ask you please to give us a good rating, because that boosts our presence there and helps more people find the show. It costs you nothing, and that's a cool thing to do. I'd appreciate it. Also, if you think you'd be right for the show, or you know somebody who'd be a good guest for the show, or maybe you have travel questions, maybe you just want to tell me I'm a nice guy, how much you like me, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Thanksgiving is over. I hope you had a good one for all those Americans here and abroad who celebrate. Mine was mellow, which was just fine. And over Thanksgiving weekend, I actually did a show at my favorite club here in uh, Los Angeles, and... Maybe my favorite club in the country. It's certainly one of them. The Comedy and Magic Club down in Hermosa Beach. And on the show was Noman Hosni. It was actually a very international show. There was Noman, who's French of uh, Tunisian and Iraqi descent. There was an Irishman, an Englishman, a Japanese woman, another Frenchman, and a bunch of us Americans. So it was like the UN of comedy down there, which was cool. As a traveler, I love that kind of variety. But Noman was on the show, and I'd never seen him before or met him. It was a funny guy, and in talking to him, I thought this is a guy who probably would be a great guest on the Travel Tales podcast. His father was Tunisian, his mother Iraqi. He was raised outside of Paris, lived in Switzerland for 12 years, started doing comedy in Europe, and came out to America not knowing a ton of English, which is kind of a drawback in the comedy business, <laughs> at least in English-speaking comedy, but has managed to make a new life out here. But he's at Noman Hosni at Instagram. And we'll have links to all his other sites and everything else on uh, TravelTalesPodcast.com. But follow him and check him out if he's playing near you. Anyway, I was glad he could stop by and sit down for a chat. And it was a pleasure to get to know him a little better. So please enjoy my conversation with Noman Hosni. When people come to New York... For the first time, they always sit. They always talk about the uh, the yellow taxis. They're like, "Oh shit! It looks like it does in the movies." Yeah, <laughs> sure. Like when I when I'm first time here, like Grand Theft Auto Five was like, "Oh, like the game and movies too." Like I was, oh, this is lethal weapon here. Like yeah. we got those, of course. Like and I did all the touristic, like Universal, Warner, uh, all those things. I've done them. <laughs> I'm, I wanted to see my. I, I would say my first month was only this only tourist kind of thing when did you come to la december the first time i where i decided to move here was december 2019 and back then i was like i'm going back and forth to france so i got i remember i got a filming in february i went to france back uh my initial plan was to go back and forth and tour in france and make money in france and have it cool here. And uh, <laughs> then when I went back from the filming, everything shut down. And even the club. So I'm like, what? I can't do nothing. Good timing. <laughs> yeah. I guess. But honestly, I was like, yeah, I moved like two months before every borders were closed. And I'm like, good. I, I made it before this pandemic, which is good. And then I realize that I don't speak English so it was a good thing that everything was closed and I just take that time to learn English read every day and yeah it turned like you try to find a good thing out of a bad thing but then it went like 
<laughs> worse and worse. Like yeah. I, my, I got kids and friends, so I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go uh, see my kids. It's been too long. I was kind of depressed, so yeah. I went anyway, and I was stuck. And then, uh, so I've lost my flight oh. back, and uh, now I found a way to quarantine in Mexico. So I say oh. okay, and I can. I I was able to take only a direct flight to Mexico. Flight to Mexico. I cannot go in another country. Yeah. I gotta go. To, so and I I got I got and I my wife was there in LA. I uh, I missed her. So I, I and it's been too long. I've been in Paris for too long now. I'm like okay, I gotta go back. So I take a direct <laughs> flight to Mexico. Uh, quarantine myself in fucking Cancun. Yeah, <laughs> so, in an all-inclusive. Uh, and then you and then you cross the border. You you got over the wall. No, the thing is, uh, <laughs> I I asked for um, during that time. I asked for an they call that an NIE national interest exception. Oh, the country. And I asked before I quarantined, but it was too long to get me. So I say I'm going to Mexico. And when I was in Mexico, I received my NIE. Okay. Uh, so I can go back here. And um, and four days into my quarantining, uh, I felt my wife weird, you know? I felt my wife is weird. And I called her and I'm like, uh, hey, uh, you're weird. Before being like husband and wife, we're supposed to be best friend. <laughs> and she started crying. Like, I'm on FaceTime video. She starts crying. So what? Okay, let me guess. Like, you do not want me to come? What? And basically, she told me it's over. And now oh. I'm crushed, quarantining, like it's hell in paradise, hell in heaven. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> uh, so I stopped drinking in this all-inclusive, because if I can make it here, like I'm going to stop drinking and to not numbing the pain. I didn't want, I wanted to feel it. And my luck is like some French people were there, they recognized me from the comedy and God <laughs> saved me because I got a good time with them. And when and then I got back here, no more wife, no more thing, and I think okay, so this is kind of a fresh start, and it was hard, but I, I, you know, this is the journey. So I'm, I'm never too much. I, like, I'm trying to not be too hard on myself. Okay, everything went south, but let's right. enjoy it anyway. Well, let's back it up for. Uh for starters, so for people who for people who don't know you, which I'm assuming most people listening don't know you, I'm just getting to meet you because we worked together uh, this weekend at the Comedy Magic Club, mm-hmm. and uh, you went up before me, and I said this guy's probably a good guest to have Thank on a you. travel podcast, but and very funny by the way. Thank you. But um, no man, am I saying that right? You say it the French way perfectly. No man, see, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of international football, so <laughs> I'm good with names in that way. So uh, it's not a typical French name. Are you? I'm no. going to guess. Uh, so your family may be North African. My father. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hold Algerian, Tunisian. Tunisian. Okay. Good. You good? And Tunisia beat France this morning in really? the World Cup. One nil. See, were you torn? You don't. You don't care about yeah, football. I don't care. But, about, I don't care but at still, all. there's a monumental uh, win. Although France put out a uh, reserve squad, basically. <laughs> Yeah. They were already going through, so they were, you know, <laughs> they put on a B team for the Tunisians. But still, Tunisia won. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I, I don't care. When did your father come to France? Uh, so that's uh, complete. So my father was in Tunisia, and I don't know if I should say that, but wait, I'm saying <laughs> I, I don't care. Not, everything's changed now. And back in the day, he, my mom is Iraqi. Oh, wow. my father in Tunisia was uh, the bath party of Saddam Hussein was oh. forbidden in Tunisia. It was this kind of party where you don't have the right to have this party. Yeah. And he was in high school or beginning college and he was like really into the bath Saddam party. And he started to organize like a student protest. Oh, wow. And Saddam Hussein was not president of Iraq at that time, but he heard about this. So my, my, they, they heard about my. Then he got a flu to Iraq, and meet the guy. <laughs> and, wow! Uh, yeah, crazy. And uh, at that time, he didn't meet my mother yet, but he was too bushy, like too bullish. Like he wanted to organize many stuff and stuff. And at one point, uh, he was he did something he shouldn't, and they told him, "Dude, you gotta move," or something <laughs> like that. You gotta don't take your luggage, don't take anything. 
Now the Tunisians are saying this, or no, Saddam is saying yeah, yeah, yeah. this. <laughs> Saddam was a reunion. Saddam talked to him in a weird way, and all the friends were like, "Dude, you're in deep trouble. Uh, yeah. You gotta go." He left, but still got tied a little bit. He got scared, so he went to Algeria, then France. And to stay in France, he was like a foreigner, so he started to take like university, college visa. And since he was succeeding, he kept learning a lot, uh, archaeology, history, whatever, da, da, da. and he, beca- he became a journalist. Oh. And uh, he became a French journalist. And then time spent, and he can go back to Iraq he, like a journalist. Those Saddam Hussein things were forgotten, but Saddam Hussein was the president. Go back to Iraq, met my mother. He was already making money because his journalist in France say, hey, uh, I'm going to marry you, and we're going to live in France. Wow, great. <laughs> Left in France. And good for me because my cousins were all in Baghdad. <laughs> wow. So I, I, I'm born in France. So how did your... Is your father still alive? Yeah, both my parents. How did they take it with the way Iraq went in the whole... Oh, that was hard. In the last 20 years. I mean, how have they been doing since? That's crazy because first the Iron, Iron War was crazy. So we waited kind of it's safe for me to go back to Iraq. And I went to Iraq in 1990 uh, to see my family or relatives. Uh, my parents got divorced during that time. So only with my mother. And uh, an embargo, the embargo hit on uh, August 1990. And we cannot leave the country. So I'm stuck in Baghdad. <laughs> uh, in Iraq, Iraq with my mom. My father, being a journalist, he got the press card. Uh, so, he, and that, that, that was when it started to heat a little bit in Iraq. So, my father got an assignment to come to Iraq and to take us back. Mm. So, he arrives in Iraq. And uh, so, now my mother, we were at my grandma's uh, house, and my mother sent me with my father at the hotel. He was middle of like a war thing, five-star hotel <laughs> filled with journalists. It was like kind right. of weird. It's the only journalist, uh, like bulletproof thing. It was kind of weird. Like you got this very fancy hotel, only journalist. And uh, we hear, what I remember is like very fancy swimming pool, like one of something to drink, stuff like that. And by night, you can see far away, like little red dots, like very far away, but you don't wow. feel the war. But my vision of Baghdad at that point Fancy city. It, there's nothing in Baghdad. Like you can see it, like amusement parks, <laughs> booze. No Muslim crazy thing. Right. Like you got uh, people eat pork, whatever. Like everything is okay. And flew back to France, and I saw the news, and like, what is this? Like, what is this? I didn't recognize <laughs> this desert. <laughs> so what I, what is this? And I saw that journalist, what hit me, and I was like a kid, and I saw that journalist putting the heat. My mom didn't wear the hijab back in the day. I'm going to go back and forth with that. But um, and that French journalist here wearing the hijab, and they, no, 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 like they forced her to wear it. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. kind of this, did they force her to wear it? What, what is she doing with this? Well, I, and I'm like, okay, maybe that's the beginning of the fake news. Like, <laughs> you know, right. that's the very beginning of manipulation with the TV, you know? So did did you go back to, uh, were you in Paris or out somewhere else in France? I was in Paris. Okay. A suburbs of Paris. Yeah, okay. So that's where you grew up. You learned, so you're caught in these two worlds. You're an immigrant. Yeah. You know, so I mean, how was it, you know, and I think about this watching, you know, the the France win the World Cup and everything. The bulk of the team are mostly, you know, children of African immigrants, you know, yeah. and and northern and southern Africa, you know, or western Africa. Um, how is the react? You know, we have issues with immigration here. What was it like being like a Muslim kid growing up in Paris? I mean, there's a big community there. I mean, you must have a lot of so I was not living system. with. Uh, so I was not living with my father, who's from North Africa. And as you said at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. France is mainly, the immigration in France is like, we'd say like Arabs are mainly North Africans. Yeah. But I'm from Iraq. Right. I, and we don't speak the same, first of all, we don't speak the same Arabic. It's a different <laughs> Arabic. So I'm like, my friends were like, you don't speak Arabic. And I'm like, my mom is talking to us weird. What, what is like, is she made up a language? What, yeah. what the fuck is that? And also... 
my mom was really scared of the Saddam Hussein regime and stuff, and she was like paranoid with spies everywhere. So our house was filled with posters of Saddam Hussein. <laughs> like, because we wanted support, you know, yeah. in case there were some spies or stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, like, I was like, I invited some friends and it got weird. And then in my school, like everybody called me Saddam Hussein and that oh. was the bad guy and I was fighting every day. And this, like, that was like me and my little brother, we got a lot of fights because of that. Right. Because of the Iraqi background. Plus, you had a mustache at 10 and years old. <laughs> <laughs> my mom wanted me so much to have a mustache. Like, <laughs> she, like and even my father, there was something back in the day with the mustache in Iraq. In yeah. Iraq, every dude got a mustache. Of course. Yeah, every sure. dude. And my mom was like, this is what makes you a man. You got to have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you draw one on with a pencil <laughs> to go to school. That's uh, funny. But there was no, was there any like backlash from local, like, not only, I mean, there's the other, you know, the the North African kids, but how about the French kids? I mean, were they like, yeah, was it a pretty bit. mixed school? Or, or? It's, yes, yeah, it was mixed, I would say. Mainly white, but we were a lot of, there's a lot of uh, Arab, like North African, like Algeria, Morocco, Tunisia. Yeah. Yeah, this is France. They all break up. Yeah, no, they all break off in their little groups. We, yeah, especially. Yeah, but no, <laughs> we kids, we were like kind of all together. But uh, also, there was that time where a bit of racism. But I don't know because what I know of America is like you guys is more Mexican and black people get those kind of stuff. And when I see yeah. the movie, it looks like oh, the racism is hard, like <laughs> crazy. Well, I mean, it's yeah, we did have. Slavery for yeah. 300 years. I mean, that's going to have an effect. But yeah, I mean, we get, it depends on what p- side of the country you're from. You know, it's like Los Angeles doesn't have a little Italy, like say New York or anything like that, oh, because yeah. most of our immigrants on this side came from Asia and, you know, Mexico and Central America. So that's the big, you know, technically in California or in Los Angeles County, I'm a, I'm a minority, you know, because the uh, Latinos are the number one, you know, biggest. Even ethnic city, group the here. streets are like Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco, I know it's really Asian. Very, yeah. That's why they, their Chinatown is huge. You went to San Francisco. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but they have a little Italy, uh, Italian neighborhood in San Francisco, but it's not that very big. Nothing like the East Coast. I mean, New York, Philadelphia, yeah. I mean, crazy. And where it's like, you know, that immigration all came from Europe, pretty much. Italians, Irish. Um, you know the Germans and everybody else. So it's it's interesting to. Yeah, it's really mixed. It's, yeah, it's it's huge country. It's very big. Yeah, it's, every state is different. Like you got different <laughs> immigration per state. Yeah, that, that's something. So when you were growing up, where did the love of uh, comedy come from? And um, did you watch like are there French comics you admired, or were there like mostly American? No, so at that point... Or British. Um, you know, I was not even into English or what. I wanted to be a director. Uh, <laughs> like, I got the little VHS of my father, and we were doing stuff like that. And uh, I was a fan of comedy. Um, we got a famous guy in France called Jamel. And uh, Jamel was the first kind of guy to, to do stand-up, like you guys kind of know, like very street language. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah v- it was still not really stand up, but it was this beginning of. Uh, I'm from the kind of, let's say, the ghetto, but not really like a hard neighborhood yeah. and talking like us, talking <laughs> like, you know, we didn't see that before him. Yeah. And I'm like, I would never have the balls to do that, but I was really in awe in front of this. And I remember I saw his show, I was probably 18 or 17. That was my first show live. But I was not into the idea of doing stand-up at that point. It was like, I was like, this is balls. Like, this is crazy <laughs> to do that, to be able to do that on stage. And actually, uh, the real thing about comedy clicked when I came in Los Angeles. And this is why I'm here now. But in 2005, uh, I came here like a director. I was doing music videos. Oh, as, wow. Okay. Like, this, that was my thing. And I came here as a director and randomly totally randomly stopped at the laugh factory <laughs> and i saw i i tracked the jokes because I, I don't remember the name of that guy but 
he, I w- he got blue jeans. He put a beer and he talked about crack. And I'm like, what <laughs> is this? I want to do that. And I figured out later it was Anthony Jesselink. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. it was so, what the fuck? And I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, the, for me, it's like telling a story and you can, like, as a director, you do your edit and you give away your movie and that's it. It's, it's not yours anymore. But here you can do your edit every night, change it, shape it see the reaction of an audience live and redo it. I really love that way of telling a story. So I went back at that point. I was in Switzerland, which is, I, I spent 12 years in Switzerland. 12 years? Yeah. As a director, like a lot of jobs over there. But uh, yeah, I spent 12 <laughs> years in Switzerland. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. And um, then you start doing comedy in Switzerland? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I started doing comedy in Switzerland. Wait, what city? Genève. Oh. Geneva, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Beautiful. And, yeah. And also comedy make me tour around switzerland oh so i went to the german part i went to the italian part and i got, I got to meet those people and that, that was like <laughs> great for me like to be able to do those know the country where i was when i came back that was yeah we went to i went to uh Annecy. Annecy. yeah not Annecy. far france but france, not yeah. far from uh right by uh just south of it on am i saying Annecy, right? like you got oh. the beautiful lake you got the imperial hotel oh, beautiful yeah yeah. He did this boat like with I ate a, a lot pedalo. of cheese. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that melted cheese. Uh, la fondue. Oh. La fondue. Raclette yeah. et fondue. Yeah, yeah delicious. It's so good. Um, but I've had people here from Switzerland, and I've been to Switzerland, and I love it. But correct me if I'm wrong. So were you in Geneva the whole time? Or in- Almost, yeah. But okay. I, I moved. Like I moved in all Switzerland. So my friend who was on here, uh, Frank, who we interviewed a, a few years ago, he lives in the German part. Okay, of, uh, Zurich, Bern, Baal, Basel. Yeah, and I met um, in Venice here. He was staying in Venice with his girlfriend. I met another Swiss couple that day, randomly. And I said, oh, I have another f- uh, Swiss friend that's here. And I didn't realize this couple that I met were from the French part. <laughs> and they might as well have been from two different planets. I mean, they didn't know. And he, and he said... Switzerland is like that. You know, there's the German part, the Italian, and it's like there's no, even their politics are all very regional and local, but there's no real national identity. For, when you think of a Swiss person, you don't, what do you think about? Yeah. A banker true. who wears a watch and chocolate, <laughs> chocolate, chocolate watch yeah. and banks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Makes a lot of money, but, you know, and, but there's no real, I can't get a vibe on the place. You know what I mean? It's, but going to one side is completely different than going, yeah. And they want nothing to do with each other. It was really strange. Especially the French and the Germans. Yes. It's like, we call that la barrière de Rushti. <laughs> the, the it's like the fence of Rushti. And the Rushti is um, in the, a mountain range. Is, uh, the Rushti is a plate, a dish oh, made okay. of the potatoes. And that's what separates <laughs> us, kind of. I don't know why they say that. And yeah, German, Swiss German and French, uh, Swiss French, they kind of, and you see it in the comedy in Switzerland. If you like how much you learn about a about people when you watch their comedy and if you see like comedians from Switzerland they're going to talk about that they're going to make a lot of jokes about how <laughs> the French are going to say how much they hate the Germans and Germans are going to how much they yeah. hate the French like this is <laughs> Could you, did you do both languages do you know German? no when I was in the German part I was doing in English a oh, little okay. bit is this how I started to like try to do it in English when I was in Switzerland but uh, no my, in, like the military, like in, in Switzerland, they go to the military and they don't speak each other. They got four national languages in a very small country that is like a, a fifth of California and they speak like four different languages. I know, languages. what a hassle that must be. You yeah, know, what a so pain in the ass. They speak English. Yeah. In the military, you got to speak English. They cannot even speak their own language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was the same thing in the, uh, back to football, but the Belgian side is the same thing. You know, half the team speaking true. French and the other half is speaking Flemish and, yeah. and it just... For the manager, it's got to be. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, that's that's yeah, very crazy. Like the, the the Belgians, the Belgians got a big problem with that. Yeah, yeah, big problem. And the same thing, they hate each other. And I think that that country ran ran with that government for like more than four hundred days. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they, more than Iraq. So, what is the touring like throughout Europe when you are dealing with so many different languages and cultures and? And club, how many different countries did you play as a comedian there? Uh, so I did the French. So I did uh, 
uh, I did Tunisia. That was oh, great. you did? Yeah, that was great. That was great to be able to perform in Tunisia. It's kind of weird for me, but it, it was something. And it was just after the Arab Spring. Kind yeah. of thing, the atmosphere was kind of... Tense? Yeah. The prison... <laughs> They just the prisoner was just, just out, so like we got escorted by a, a military van to go to the theater. That was kind of crazy. I did Canada, of course, Montreal a lot of time, uh, Belgium, France, Switzerland, uh, and then I did uh, I did the, the Caribbean a lot. That was great. Martinique, Guadeloupe. Oh wow! Uh, okay, they speak French. Yeah, well, I've gone there for. Um cruises and things but i mean only for the day but uh did you go to saint bart's no i wish i that that, very french yeah but it's it's the nicest island it really is and very rich too right yeah it's a lot of money yeah it's expensive you you, you can you can tell you You have to be paid to go there (laughs) but it's nice though it is nice but i still guess like with the english the the um, it's so international. I, you can find people speaking English everywhere. I tell I tell people that in uh, on the show because it's you know it's such an advantage, you know, as a traveler because it's the closest thing to a world language that you, you'll find. Because I could be in Asia somewhere, you know, in Vietnam, and, and they'll have a tour of a of a place, and it'll be in two languages. It'll be in Vietnamese, and if there's one other language, it's always English. So I'd be on the tour with like a, a French lady, a German. I remember I was translating because this guy's English was pretty rough. You know, the guide and, the, and I could understand him. It was very heavily accented. Yeah. But the German people were like, I, we don't know what he's saying. So I would say it in better English for them. So I was translating. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. And and I remember them telling me, he said, you're very lucky because we have to, we're translating twice in our head. You know yeah. what I mean? We yeah, yeah. hear like English and then back to German, and you only have to hear it once. You know, so it it is a great advantage, and I I don't think Americans realize it enough that you know they're so afraid. Oh no, we will we be able to speak English there? It's like, hey, everybody at your hotel will speak English. Every guide you can get a driver that speaks English. It's not hard anywhere yeah. in like the world. If you speak Greek, yeah, and you don't speak another language. And That's you what you're travel. screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's very few places I've gone, and getting around without English would be, you have to get far out of the cities. You know, I'm sure if you're in mainland China or something, <laughs> it helps to have a guide, you know, yeah. but otherwise, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard. And plus, I don't know what it's like, and I haven't done much traveling in Arabic countries. I mean, hardly any. I've been to Jordan and, uh, there? and Israel, but that you, was you it. You performed in Jordan and Israel? No, I went to a comedy show in Tel Aviv, though. And it was in... Um, Hebrew, and I don't understand. I don't speak Hebrew, but it's funny as a comic. The rhythm, you, you kind of get what they're doing. Like I get the beats that he's, you know, I'll see the style that he's doing. I said, okay, this guy's doing a like a Stephen Wright kind of an observational one-liner guy, very dry, and then another guy's very physical and just like I get it, you know. But it's not. And I saw a stand-up in Buenos Aires the same way. Right. You know, my Spanish is not good enough to follow it, but I, I, I got a little bit of it. You know, I was like, I see what they're doing. I did a set in French. I did five minute like here in America. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to speak in French. It's funny. Sometimes you got laughter. Like, they don't understand, <laughs> but that's funny. And you realize that. I rewatched the set because I was really curious about them. So we were talking at the Comedy and Magic, uh, Rafinha Bastos, the Brazilian comedian. Yeah. And I don't understand Portuguese at all. But I, I watched his set and that's... Same, same you saw it live obviously but it was really something to, i i relate to what you say that you see the the rhythm the thing and and that's really funny to as a comedian we are kind of the same we understand where he's going like we're but yeah so i did the set in france and i was really amazed by why are they laughing you want to understand <laughs> what is going on here well comedy has a rhythm you know you can say there's a setup and punch and yeah. you know your face and your you know the <laughs> The words that you accentuate, you know, and you yeah. hit the word harder, and it's, it's interesting. And the, the, like, sometimes you act like if you like talking about, I don't know, your mother, and all of a sudden you do your mother, yeah. and that moment usually <laughs> yeah. pays, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did so? What was, is, do they have restrictions in places like Tunisia where they say, "Hey, don't talk about this or politics or something or religion"? Mm-hmm. Or 
Kind of, but you feel it's more about the crowd sometimes. Right. Dubai got restrictions. You, you performed in Dubai? No, I've never been. Uh, I, I got problems there, uh, but I was so mad. Tunisia is like, I remember in Tunisia, they, they tell you, plus it was that moment, like kind of weird moment. I suppose like depending on the government place, things change. And uh, like the United States is the only country where freedom of speech is in the law. Like you got it in the law. The other country don't have that. So you basically, the government will not shut you down. But here, as like this amazes me all the time, the, the people now are playing the dictator. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have a dictator? Let's do it ourselves. Like, <laughs> kind of, what the fuck? But, but uh, I, I did a joke about, hey, uh, I was raised Muslim. And usually I say that in France, no applause. Like, it's kind of, and say, I, I was raised Muslim. Big round of applause, and oh fuck, they don't know what's going to follow now. <laughs> Maybe get a different reaction in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, exactly. Did you Depend- did you perform in Israel? No, I was invited. I know they were doing a festival, and uh, you know, for me, there's no borders to to to. I want to perform everywhere. I want to see the people everywhere. Who are they? Because it's our job to understand them. And this is even more. It's our job to make them relate to. We are the same because when we laugh about the same thing, it's kind of oh, yeah, we the same here. This this is some we laugh about. We might disagree, but look, we're laughing together, and um, I find this fascinating. I'm amazed to see now, just in the last thirty years of me, you know, getting around. The world, the evolution of stand-up around as a as an art form around the world, because a lot of places it didn't exist. It was a very American art form of one guy standing at the microphone telling jokes. Uh, even in Britain and things like that, there would it would usually a variety. You'd have to do some songs. Maybe you had mm-hmm. a, a partner, and it was it was not like one guy just a microphone telling jokes. I mean, that was rare. Yeah. Um, especially around the world. I mean, they just you didn't see it. You didn't see it on TV. You didn't and then slowly, you know, throughout the 90s and then the early 2000s, I was seeing it in places I was I remember being in a German hotel room and seeing a Russian stand-up show and I was like, "Oh, man, it was it's, it's kind of like what happened in the 80s here in the comedy boom when with cable TV and that started. You know, cable TV networks didn't have a lot of money. But they realized that stand-up was a very cheap form of, of, of programming. You know, mm-hmm. you could just set up a camera in a club, and you don't hire writers. You don't have to hire anybody. And so they had all these shows just popped up everywhere, and that kind of fueled this stand-up comedy boom in the 80s. And comedy clubs didn't exist before them, That's just crazy. for comedy. You know, they had to open for, in the 70s and earlier, they had to open for strippers and strip clubs and open for bands. I mean, there was no, like, comedy clubs and that's it. So the improv kind of started that in the 70s and then Laugh Act and all these other things stopped and Comedy Store were here. But um, they didn't exist around the country, you know, just comedy. And then it just exploded and then TV brought it to the world and then now the world's got it. And they call it stand-up, which is, a you know, even in in Sweden they called it stand-up. In, Everywhere. It's an American art form. Yeah. yeah and it's, so, but, it's considered as an American art form. But it, yeah, it's funny how it's not, uh, it's the American word for it. Yeah, I think and, in England they kind of have it like when I was in, in London, they were, yeah, we got it, but we called it alternative comedy back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, we had, yeah, the alternative comedy rooms were here because they were just the alternative, the mainstream, which was like the improv and something like that. So basically, you could be a little more freeform and because it, it did become kind of like corporate and kind of you know generic after a while a guy on stage talking in front of a brick wall mm-hmm. talking about airline food became <laughs> a joke in itself you know what i mean and so you had these guys in the kind of like you know punk rock or something and the you know it was different from what was on the radio yeah you know it's that's what alternative kind of became to be and then all these little subsets of it but yeah it's interesting to see how it, it has exploded around because it's still, it's not an expensive thing to put on, not only on TV, but in a live, have a stage and a microphone and a stand. You know, bands need a sound system, you need lights, and you, 
Yeah. You, you do it in a corner of a restaurant. You could put up a. We could have a stand-up room here. We don't have to pay here. dancers. We don't have to pay yeah, musicians. We, don't have we to just pay. buy ourselves all the money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's what they kind of learned, but it's uh, it's taken off. And it's crazy for me that politicians are more. It's almost they're more scared of comedians than <laughs> a, a newspaper. Well, again, you say about the freedom on stage. You know, we have the control and the power to say what we want. And I've worked in, as a journalist, and you know, I've been on TV, and you don't, you can't, I couldn't just go on and say what I wanted. Yeah. You know, you had editors, you had yeah. <laughs> network standards and practices, you had advertisers. They say, hey, no, you can't say that, we'll lose advertising. Uh, and money, stuff. it's all about the money. Yeah, and so stage, you know, say what you want. Even as like, if you're doing a clean show, like, if like, like the cruises, they want the comedian to be yeah. clean. For me, I take it like, every time I got those shows where the, you got to be clean the way i see it is like okay i got a meeting with my in-laws you know yeah. I, yeah. I'm, i'm gonna be funny it's my in-laws but i'm not gonna talk about drug and sex i'm gonna yeah i gotta be respectful of my in-laws most of us got into this to, because we like we are control freaks and like when you said you you don't have to give it to an editor or a yeah or anything like that so that's why we're kind of lone wolves and <laughs> we don't like working with others and we want to control it But when the, uh, I got pushback from the cruises and things, you know, and they say, hey, you, don't, you know, you can't, I had to look at it a different way and go, okay, it's a box. They want to keep you in this box. But within that box, you can still be creative yeah. and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're telling me what to say. They're just telling me what I can't say. Yeah. But that still leaves a lot to say. And it's just another challenge. You're like, okay. And if you want to get on TV and stuff like that, it's a good practice to go, okay. Yeah. People want to know if you, you can work a lot more places if you're clean, you know, <laughs> and just, you can still be clean and funny. Yeah. You can Man, still be clean and kids. funny. It's With just part of us, like, if someone tells you, hey, don't say that, yeah, we got to be gonna, like, how can I say it? <laughs> right. I mean, you want to push back. I get it. I totally get it. But yeah, that, that got me the Dubai, so the Dubai gig. I was like really pissed because I got uh, stopped at the border and they, they searched me for four hours and I was out of my mind and get out of there and like I don't even have time to take a nap. I, like you, you right. got to go to the show and I'm like 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 really mad at that point, the travel, the, the I'm tired and everything. And they come to me and they're like, hey, uh, people think in Dubai, you can talk about anything. We're good. You, you want to talk about sex? You can talk about sex straight Don't talk about gay sex. Yeah, you can talk about sex. <laughs> yeah, no, no, politics, no, don't talk. You could talk about politics in France, whatever. Don't talk about the politics here. Like, yeah. You can talk about it, but not like that. And now, no drug. No, yeah. More I'm rules and rules and losing it. I'm, I'm mad already. And thinking, yeah. <laughs> Went on stage and said, hey, let's, uh, you know, the, they told me that I cannot talk about cannabis. And I was, I got an applaud because I said the word cannabis and they kind of, You know that? Okay, you want it, huh? <laughs> so the crowd wants it, but so I please the crowd, and then get back to France, and then hey, he cannot come here anymore. <laughs> oh, really? They said so. No I so after it worked great. So the the organizing the guy who organized the the show that hey, you're coming back uh, next year, and you you host, you're hosting next year. You up? You cool? Yeah. 48 hours before I got back, he's, yeah, uh, I think uh, you, you're not hosting next year and not good at, like, chill back a little bit. Don't come now. Like, okay. Yeah, I look at places like Dubai and, you know, watching the World Cup and Qatar and, and all this and uh, this part of it going, from what I've heard about it, it's just nothing that I, I want to see, like, the stuff in the desert. I, I want to go to Egypt That's on, and Morocco are two of the countries that are way high on my list that I haven't been to. But um, the stuff that I don't get joy out of, like, hey, you see this brand new mall? Mm. I don't care. The, yeah. Okay, you have all the money in the world. You can throw a lot of money. I don't care that you have an indoor ski. Dude, they <laughs> That's got Vegas. penguins in yeah. that shit. It's they like got Vegas penguins. to me. Yeah, if you got enough money, you can make whatever you want. But that doesn't impress me as much as the history of a place and the, and the culture of a place. You know what I mean? But they, they take great pride in that. Look, we have the shiny, we have platinum-covered Mercedes and that yeah. gold in the coffee. So yeah. I took a coffee and you got 24-karat gold 
like leaves like in it and you drink it. Yeah, it's obscene to me. Uh, it's it's, just like, it's Vegas is what it is. Vegas does the same thing. Look how big this place is. Look how shiny and... Remember Pinocchio, what? the movie Pinocchio when yeah. they become donkeys? <laughs> oh, this is it. This is... <laughs> but no, for me, like honestly, I felt for this. Like I, now that I remember the penguins, I'm like, dude, like it's like Alcatraz crazy. They're surrounded by a desert. Like, they're here in this little... Yeah, can't be good for the penguins. No, come on. <laughs> I cannot escape. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't know what to think about that, honestly. I really don't. <laughs> where, where, does, where do you want to... Let's talk about travel more in terms of, like, where would you want to go? What uh, did you dreamed about going you haven't been yet? Uh, Egypt would be... Uh, Egypt? You've never yeah, been? Yeah, I've never been. I've been to Greece, Morocco multiple times. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, Egypt the, to see the pyramids. Yeah, I've been. Uh, like, I've never been to Thailand. I've been to Sri Lanka though. Really? Sri, yeah, I would like to. I've go. never been to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is great. It's oh. was the better trip of my life. Did you perform there? No, just just went, fun. Yeah, yeah, just fun. Uh, Why there instead of Thailand? Most people go to Thailand <laughs> if you're going to yeah. go that far. Uh, so um, it's a woman, right? The, Yep. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. It's, nobody yeah, yeah. just goes to Sri Lanka, right? <laughs> yeah, of all places. It's like we could go to Thailand and party over there. Oh, maybe this little island of Sri Lanka. Yeah, but uh, it was like every city, like you got like very Muslim city where you got the burkas and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are very Hindu city and you're a very Buddhist city. It's really something. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, did your family travel much outside when you were a kid, like other than going back home to No, my Iraq father was Tunisia most of the time. Yeah. Which is like, when I was a kid, I, I traveled to Tunisia with my father. I was impressed because he's a journalist, high-end journalist, wrote a lot and everything. But he comes from a place where when I was a kid, there's no water. You got to go to the well. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> like, they just watch the sheep. Like, there's nothing. Uh, the women work to bring the water to the man. So I wake up the morning, and you got a, a little bowl of water in front of your door. And and you diarrhea. It's a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know. I've heard about that. So why L.A. as opposed to, say, New York or London? Why did you come here instead? <sighs> Other than the weather. I also the I'm a I I also that love for the movies and I'm, yeah. I'm a director too and uh, yes yeah, since I'm 16 my dream was to be here like it was not something like all of a sudden like since I'm 16 I've decided one day I will live in Los Angeles mm -hmm. so I just followed that teenager dream and here I am I dreamed the same thing about California growing up in the Midwest you know same yeah. kind of thing which state were you. I was from Chicago. Chicago. So you were in yeah, the city Illinois. of Chicago? No, I was just outside of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Illinois, Chicago. I want to visit uh, Chicago. And it's a great city. And then I moved to New York for a little bit and then here. But I've heard, like, from France, the image we got from Chicago is like mob. Well, yeah, kinda, that goes back to Al Capone. Yeah. And, yeah. But that's 100 years old now. I mean, yeah. and then it was, it was funny. But the first time I went to Europe, that was what they thought when I said I was from Chicago. They thought, oh, Al Capone and gangsters. Yeah, yeah, that's what we had. And then I went back 10 years later in the 90s and it was like, oh, Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Oprah. That was, <laughs> I didn't know she was from Chicago. Well, yeah. no, that, well, they taped her show there. Okay. So that's what they, so those two things. They went from Al Capone <laughs> to Michael Jordan. And, oh, and then it became house music. And then Michael Jordan. And then now, I guess, it, uh, yeah, who's from there? Well, Kanye West and people like, um, you know, and, the, and when the Bulls were winning all the championships and things like that. But it's, it's funny what puts your city on the, on the map. It's interesting. Americans, see, like, think about that. Like, every country in the world they know who the president of the United States is. Yeah. Everybody knows yeah. who the president of the it's United States It's hard to get away from sometimes. It's a movie star kind of fame. Yeah. He's a famous and nobody guy. knows the president of Switzerland. No. Well, I don't think the Swiss know the president of Switzerland. Yeah. You can yeah you can <laughs> I don't say know it. if there is one. I think the yeah. Swiss guy said something. There's not like an actual it's prime minister people. or something. We got seven people elected and every year one take. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the... Seven 
Because it says the seven wise, right? Whatever <laughs> the wise men, yeah. So. The council did uh, Switzerland is very expensive. It is. How could a, a country that small have all the money? Yeah, you realize the banks are winning. Yeah, right. That's the first thing I realized when you look around. You go there. It's like you see the prices, and it's like, oh, the banks. It's economic. There's a reason people price. launder all their money there, and you know, oh. Yeah. It's crazy. You know that uh, during the crisis in uh, 2007, so they asked, they asked the ban- so the government was like, okay, we were willing to help uh, the banks and give money, but we got to look at, because, oh, we got no money. The banks are going to fucking shut down. Yeah. <laughs> and the government was like, okay, we we're willing to help you and give you the money you need, uh, but uh, we got to have a look in uh, your accounts and everything. And they were like, uh, oh, no. Are we going to figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, open the books. No, no, that's yeah, okay. They just have some arrangement with the government of the United States because a lot of American were in Switzerland hiding their money. Because oh, yeah, when you're absolutely. American, you got to pay tax in America for the rest oh, of the Oh, they have billions over there. Billions. Yeah. Nah, no, they it's ga- all, it's they all gave shady. up some accounts. They gave yeah. up some accounts, but yeah. not the main, I guess. So, like, give us some travel tips as an expert. Yeah. Where should we go in Switzerland and in France that maybe, you know, everybody knows Paris, everybody knows the big cities. What do you think there's undeserved that you know, people should know about? Like uh Switzerland, I would say go first of all go in the like, depending on what you like, but I would yeah, say skiing in the winter and Yeah, the, yeah, but I would say like if you go in the summer, you definitely want to go uh in Geneva, there's something called Les Fêtes de Genève. It's close to the lake. And there's free concerts. Like for a month, you got like celebration in Geneva, close to the lake. It's great. Everybody talk to everybody. And if you speak English, um, like opposite to the French, the Swiss kind of speak English. So you're gonna be great. It's very international. You got concerts, food. Uh, it's 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 great. It's okay. really great. You got the lake, and uh, you got the um, at the end of those big parties uh august this july august 1st at the national day of switzerland like one of the biggest firework in europe <laughs> music and epic music and big firework for like 45 minutes is that something you want to see and also you're not so far away from um from the mountain even in summer the mountain are great in oh beautiful yeah right you get rafting and stuff like that switzerland so, is still one of the most physically naturally beautiful places i've seen yeah and i've seen a cabin uh, gorgeous yeah yeah really nice that for switzerland that would be something you want to see but still it's expensive yeah yeah it's expensive if you're not swiss (laughs) exactly yeah because when i was working in switzerland i mean the money can like people say yeah but we got to pay this they complaining because they forgot how it is to live in another country but if you like, if you're a cashier in a in a in a H and M, like you know, the, yeah, okay. You, I think, uh, monthly it's, and I would say in dollars, American dollars, it's probably thirty eight hundred a month. Thirty eight, thirty eight hundred dollars okay. a month. I don't know how much. Three thousand eight hundred a month. Yes, that's a good salary. If you're driving a, a bus, at a- you can six. Probably around six, I guess around 6,000. Yeah. It's, it's a different level of life. I, I know like, a, like I know. Well, it's like here, people say, you know, look at the housing out here in California. It's insane. Yeah. And then you, you could live, you know, what we pay in rent and housing out here and, and everything else and gas and everything else is, then I was just in Oklahoma last yeah. week. It's half the price, you know, less, you know, and so you, but we make more out here. Yeah, and the salaries are less, but yeah, it's yeah. In Europe, it's the same. It's kind of cheap. Thing. Like the, the gas is way more expensive in France. Oh, of course. Yeah, everywhere we pay less than everybody in yeah. the world, except maybe the, the Saudi uh, Iranians yeah. you know, or whatever, yeah, the Saudis. Yeah. Yeah. And then we still complain. Everybody complains. You know, everybody just we want to complain. Everybody loves to complain. No, we do in comedy. We know people. No, just we want don't to complain. Be offended. And right. we complain too, like, oh, no, no, what of course, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, were you ready to get out of uh, Europe? I mean, is it by, just, I was London was not an option, you just always wanted to come here. Yeah. It, it was hard. It was hard, I'm telling yeah. you. But I made it. Yeah. 
but that was a hard move. Well, not only speaking, you know, hard enough doing, uh, living with another language and, and learning another language, mm. but comedy is just so language based. You know, every word is important. You know, and editing and, and finding the right word that works for the joke and the laugh, you know, that makes it twice as hard. I feel like, you know, after I would say I was making a very good living in France after maybe 10 years of comedy. And, you know, when you realize that you kind of found the way to be funny, even when you bomb, yeah. like, you know what I mean? You know, you bomb, but like the crowd was like, hey, that's it, you know, yeah, that yeah. moment. And I found that I got, I, I don't have the same voice now. I, I, I need to rewire everything because I don't have the lingo. I don't have what you just said. The words, when you travel, like you said English, but I don't call it English. I call it travel English because I was speaking a travel English. Like I could go anywhere and kind of speak English. But moving here, no, you don't. Even you, if you speak to a foreigner, you're not using your English. No. You don't because yeah. say. Yeah, my right, my way. No, I'm be. much more direct, and yeah. I use I choose my words carefully overseas. You know, I speak at a slower pace, and I see a lot of people, especially Americans, do that. They speak like they do at home, yeah. in a foreign country, and I'll pull. I go, hey, you got to slow down, and you can't use slang, and sarcasm does not transfer <laughs> in another language. They don't. That you know, they'll come. The waiter will come. They'll eat everything on the plate, and the plate is empty. And the waiter will come by in France or something and say, oh, did you like it? And, oh, it was terrible. Making a joke like, uh, "Yeah, obviously I ate everything. And the waiter will go, it's terrible? I'm and they go, no, I'm kidding. See, it's an uh, empty plate. And the, I go, yeah, don't do that. Because they take everything literally. Yeah, I got the, I'm laughing because I've learned English so quick. So I got a friend, a comedian, and he, a lot of sarcasm all the time. And I remember when I, oh, I get you now. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't get, like, a lot of time he was making a joke. I was not laughing. And sometimes it was just the two of us. And, uh, and <laughs> he, he, he understood, like, okay, he's not his first language. But, yeah, typically sarcasm. It doesn't work. It got, doesn't work in texting. It yeah, <laughs> doesn't work online. It doesn't, yeah. It's, uh, it's very dangerous for people. How much people are very sarcastic around people they don't know. And this is true in any language. I mean, but I tell people like that, you know, oh, I'm very sarcastic. Well, no, then you just look like an asshole. If people don't know you, they think you're being an asshole. You know, people have to know that you're joking. You know, and, and yeah. don't be sarcastic around people you don't know. That's a good rule for anybody. You know, just like... Yeah, no, that's totally true. Find a different... You want to make a joke, find a different form of saying it. You know what I mean? No, yeah, totally. Sarcasm is too easy and, and can be misconstrued. And you know. If people know you, if you got famous somewhere, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> people know who you are, and you go on stage and do your jokes, and it works well because they, they know you, you're famous here, and then you go to somewhere else when you're, and you're going to do the same jokes, it, it won't work. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't know you. So give me your worst um, travel experiences, whether on a plane, a train, uh, any kind of like anything scary moments uh, honestly I got a great even the scary moments everything were great but I almost died in Guadeloupe oh uh, really yeah there's uh, I think it's closed now there's a place called Les Chutes du Carbet which is like gigantic waterfalls uh, <laughs> in uh, Bastère which is like the jungle like it's the it's the south of Guadeloupe it's like the jungle yeah and there's a volcano called La Souffrière big volcano and to go to the top of that volcano you go you got the waterfalls and everything and you got also like you know like natural jacuzzis like you know this hot water yeah thing. hot springs and we were there and the i was with a danish guy we don't like we kind of are not really understanding each other but we were doing that hike together and we were late and i said let's go for through the waterfalls like let's go we walk in the river like we literally <laughs> walk in the river first waterfall we jumped and then I saw one like kind of big and said, okay, let's do it. We jumped. And then the next one, like, okay, we got to go back. And there's no way of getting back. So we got to climb the waterfall. And uh, I see myself climbing the thing. And just behind me, like, I don't know, but it was pretty, I would say, I don't know, maybe 
in in feet maybe 50 feet mm -hmm. the hole it's, it's like vertigo <laughs> and i saw those big rocks and i saw my i was tired honestly i was so fucking tired of climbing this and the because of the waterfall i put my hand somewhere and it, it's going like this and i thought i so i looked at my friend and said, that's it uh i think i'm either i'm gonna die or i'm gonna be in pain i'm gonna break myself down here but i, I accepted the fact that i'm gonna die you know you, you, okay i'm gonna die he started crying like he cries like don't fucking die. and and i did like you can't see where you got a grip because there's a waterfall yeah so i jumped and i just put my hand anywhere and i got something like a good hold yeah okay <laughs> let's continue this yeah that was and Oof. I, I climbed so for a so long time when we went back to walking it feels weird you know yeah <laughs> oh we're walking uh that was like yeah but honestly even diarrhea and yeah. the food is different i'm up to anything like you want to eat some brain because it's our tradition or <laughs> was a, one of my questions what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten brain brain in like Tunisia. what kind of brain so goat monkey with sheep Sheep brain. Okay. Oh, and uh, I cannot yeah. finish my sandwich. So the, the, the Arab <laughs> bread is very thin, you know, the, yeah. the, like the pita. And my grandma, it was my grandmother, and she put this brain in this, it's just the brain in the, in the and I'm like, out of politeness, thank you. And <laughs> I'm like, I remember, I take the first bite, I I spit it and I, no, no, I got to try. And when I wanted to try, a, a fly went on the the brain and I saw the little trying to eat the, like, you know, you, you saw yeah. the, and normally a fly, you do this, the fly goes, right? So, the fly, nothing. <laughs> Still, like, this food is so fucking delicious. <laughs> the fly loved it. Yeah, and I touched the fly. She just moved her wings, but still eating the, I don't know if it was stuck or whatever. I throw the, I throw the, I cannot finish. I just throw it. <laughs> Just right. Yeah. So, any arrests? Any uh, police run-ins? Any you ever been held beyond Switzerland? Switzerland, really? Switzerland. I was drunk, really drunk. <laughs> okay. And I was hosting a TV show in Switzerland. Oh, so, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. What was, kind of TV? It was musical. Like it was every Saturday morning live oh. for one and a half hour, and uh, on uh, the second national channel, TSR2, RTS2 now, and. Uh, so every morning I was doing that show. We got music, uh, a musician coming, interview them. We video games. We make people okay. win stuff and everything. So basically, when you host things, you got the clubs. No, especially Switzerland is very small. So I got bottles everywhere. People offer me weed, drug, whatever. <laughs> Friday night. The show is Saturday morning. It's Friday night, and I'm drunk, and I got a. This uh, Vespa, my Vespa, yeah. put my helmet, and one of my friend, who the guy who offered me a lot of drugs, let's say that, came and <laughs> said, "Hey, can you bring my? Uh, can you bring me home?" And I'm like, "I don't have a second helmet, and I'm drunk. But if you're willing to do that, I'll bring you back home." So he got no <laughs> helmet. A great idea. Yeah, <laughs> drunk on a Vespa, two guys. Okay, I put the the key, and when you put the key, the lights, the beam lights come, and cop car in front of me. And I'm like, fuck, I already did the thing. If I put it, they're going to control me. And it's like reverse opposite uh, way, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm a scooter. I'm faster. So if I go fast, the time they U-turn, I have this. This is good drunk logic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, I look at my friend and I'm like, hold tight. <laughs> <laughs> Went super fast. I don't know how they did that, but they were behind me like so fast, like a second. They were behind me. Yeah, this is and what they do every night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I was so stupid. I saw the red light. Then you know what? I'm going to pass the red light. They won't dare. You know, oh, like, come on. Drunk logic again. Yeah. Pass the red light. They're still behind me. And in Geneva, you got the tram, you know? So I'm, I'm going to take the tram, reverse. They won't do it. I did it. They, they didn't do it. So good. I think I lost them. And um, uh, my friend said, hey, go hide in the old city. So in Geneva, there's the old city, La Ville yeah. A lot of the old cities go in the old city. And ah, we, ah, we lost them. We go back home and we sit down and we smoke what we have, what you have in your pocket. 
drive and then I like he's behind me like this he he start to hit on the um, on my stomach like this yeah. and I think what and I see him like throw the drug like, oh he's, he's like, ditching what? the drugs he, out on the street the, yeah he's ditching the drugs <laughs> what the fuck and I saw this in my side vision I see like this rainbow <laughs> oh, <laughs> going right. like that and yeah. they stop the car like like this we st I stopped the thing and for me it, I was out of laughter so I said wow that's a real crazy <laughs> thing I'm laughing my ass off and they cut the engine cut the engine and I'm like damn but for me you, it was Jason a joke Bourne, it was a joke I'm gonna cut the engine <laughs> I just wanna make a little joke so right. and then I laughed cut the thing Oh God! Put me on the hood. Everything they take the paper and they give back. You didn't stole the Vespa? I said, no, I didn't stole the Vespa. I said, why did you run? And with I, I said, because my my friend doesn't have a helmet. Oh. Okay, uh, alcohol test. Oh no! Oh, I was so positive. And the guy looked at me and said, I know you, right? I know you from where? He said, Yeah, I'm hosting the show on Saturday. And I, and. Uh, he say, okay, let the thing here. You, you know you're going to jail now. I said, oh, I was drunk. He say, okay, as you're doing that show, okay, leave the thing. Don't come back for the scooter, right? You don't come back for the Vespa. You just go to your place, right? And I'm like, dude, thank you. Tomorrow I'm going to say, so. you don't say anything on the show yeah. about me. You just go. And <laughs> hey, go, I'd right? like to thank the cop that let me go last night. Yeah. So that was my experience with the cop. I was, oh, my this, God. This you is, got so lucky. Yeah. Your fame. Helped That's, you out of another jail. It helped a lot of people. Like to be <laughs> sometimes when you got like a little bit of fame. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You got. You got that. You got to use it. You got to use it. I've never got. You know, got out of a drunk driving, like you. But you're very. You know, lucky. Yeah. You too. It could have been much worse. Could have been much much worse. Yeah. Because I tried to escape. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a bad thing. <laughs> That's a, that was a terrible. bad thing. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> no. Well, finally, what uh, in Paris? Where should people go? That everybody goes to the same places. What's a good part of Paris that maybe people don't know that you can recommend? Uh, honestly. Uh, or something to do or anything. A uh, good thing to do in Paris. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's so much. Like, if you're in Paris, go see them. I'm going to find like an old guy, but it's yeah. really interesting. If you go to the museum, yeah. La Cité des Sciences, all the things, their exhibition. I feel like an old guy saying that the museum are great, but they no. are great. They are. They are really great. <laughs> there you go to this museum. Also, the food. And yeah, of course. He, it's like you go to the restaurant. Okay. There's um, a Burgundy, Bourgogne specialty. Like they got, we got that uh, mashed potatoes mixed with cheese called Aligo. Yeah. And you got this restaurant. They do Burgundy food. It's delicious. Eat snails. They're honestly delicious. I know. But it's it's all garlic though. You, you eat it. You, it's, it's not the snail. It's the garlic. The, I know, yeah. but garlic the, is good. The, the mashed potato <laughs> with the cheese, yeah, melted in it. Aligo, delicious. What's a good neighborhood that people should stay in? That's maybe people don't know about. That's good and safe and cool things to do. Uh, you know, um, the the. Um, it's it's famous for uh, it's hookers, but it's a very good place. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Uh, it's Le Bois de Boulogne. Okay. It, which, by the way, if you like soccer, is not so far away from the Parc des Princes. Um, oh yeah, the big stadium. Is, yeah, the big stadium, and you got a we call that like a big pond, and people like it's it's good. It's the nature because you're so close from Paris. But in LA, you know, you won't be surprised because you got the, the city, but also you just walk. You got you got everything. You, yeah. know, you got the beach, <laughs> the hike, everything. But if you're from Paris, this is a place where sometimes it's good just to breathe a little bit. Right. And uh, But go Paris is crazy. Like wherever. Oh, no. Um, I would say Sacré-Cœur. You know, there's Sacré like Montmartre, yeah. all, all those places. Montmartre. I stayed there. That, that was a nice way to kill a day. Just I just sat on a sidewalk cafe and just watched people go by all day long. See how the, the sidewalks are so narrow yeah. and... What's one thing you? What's the first thing you eat every time you go back? A to croissant. Paris? Because a croissant. the croissant here. Sorry, but I don't know if it's the flour or whatever. Oh, I'm sure it's not as good. It's not. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. <laughs> like you cannot call that the croissant. It's not the. It's the shape looks the same. Yeah. But that's it. The okay. rest is different. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. Not the same taste. Not nothing reminds me of a croissant here. <laughs> okay. So yeah, eat a croissant in Paris different thing. Ah, I get it. I get it. 
finally, what do you think all this travel and everywhere you've been, what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about people and the world? And how has it changed you? Uh, I'm more open and I'm very more cautious about everything I hear on t- whatever. Like, I'm not judging anyone by just hearing someone tell me they're like... In France, honestly, American got a, rep- a reputation to be very shallow, uh, very... N- you cannot make real friends in America. This is what I've heard. And the result is I got real friends here. I got people like I already consider like my family, and I know they're going to be there. When I got the problem with my wife, people were there for me, for real. Like, they're there with you. And I... I was maybe because I've heard that that you cannot make a real friend. I was even more wow, like it's real, <laughs> and and when I had this, I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. Like that you got we at the end of the day, we we're human beings, and you're gonna find good friends everywhere you go. It's just you. It's we're just humans. Like yeah. that's it. The cultural differences stop at a point. At the end of the day, yeah, there's cultural differences. Something you don't understand, but. If we're friends we're and willing to understand each other, that's it. That's nothing more to search here. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Well, now you can get your plugs in. Give us yeah. the uh, promote. So where can people find you on like, Instagram and you have a website? And Yeah. So I would say Instagram mainly uh, and YouTube. So it's Noman Hosni, N-O-M-A-N-H-O-S-N-I. And yeah, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I've been kind of less into social media, and I think I'm going to stay away for maybe a month. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Again. Give like, your brain a rest. Yeah. 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 It's nice to do, isn't it? It's like it's a detox. Really nice. Yeah. It's really nice to do, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And I, you can rewire your... We're so hooked to this. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you just... I don't just... Are you touring? Can people see you live somewhere? Um, yes, so, uh, when that is going to be released, you know, next week, next week, uh, yeah, I'll be around. So we're going to Vegas Thursday. That's crazy. I love that. I love Vegas. You do? Yeah. Uh, I'm still new. I I know. You're still still new. (laughs) You'll get tired of it. You'll work there enough. You'll get tired of it. Yeah. For now, I still love it. Hey, I'm telling you, uh, America as a comedian, you guys here got so many different kind of rooms. It's crazy for me. Rules or rooms? rooms. The oh. rooms are Oh, different. yeah, 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 yeah. The rooms are really different. It's not the same room. Like, you got black rooms. It was oh, new sure. for me. And it's a real black room. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's real. It's here. And it's, it's something, too. Or... Uh, uh, I went like Havasu, like different mindset, mentality. Yeah. Like it's it's wild. They have old people. Then you have like uh, people, yeah. Uh, or if you're doing a veteran night, all of a sudden you got different. Like it's a different oh, yeah. vibe. It's the rooms are very different, and for me it's always fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. Um, but yeah, now it's like yeah, we're doing like for now it's just mostly club and bars. Okay, and getting into into the English, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll do a, a real venue one day in the United <laughs> States, but now it's just the comedy clubs. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks for oh, coming out. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Thanks, thank you every time. Like, for me, it's great just to be able to have a conversation in English. Yeah, no, you did great. Thank you. My I understood everything. Cool. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing this. No man. Thanks. Thanks.